you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi and hello football fans, Dave Damashek here. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Here's a bonus episode for you in front of the full show that we have upcoming later on Tuesday with Matt Money-Smith, Cynthia Freeland, and handsome Hank Hodgson. In the meantime, I've been promising it for the last few days. I want to get it to you ASA and P, my conversation with one of the real greats in pro football history, Pittsburgh Steeler, Cornerstone, probably the greatest Steeler. In fact, let's remove the adverb probably and just go with the best Pittsburgh Steeler of all time. Mean Joe Green, he's the author of a new book, Built by Football, written along with John Finkel, forwards by Franco Harris and Dan Rooney. This conversation is great, and I can honestly say not just for a Steelers fan, I think Chargers fans will enjoy it, Houston Oilers fans, maybe Browns and Bengals fans, not as much, but I think there's something in there for just about everybody, Ooh, including the 21st century New England Patriots fans too. Here it is, me and Mean Joe chopping it up. Take it away, Dave. Well, listen, I don't get nervous to talk to many celebrities, many pro football players, but of course, when I am confronted on the telephone even by the cornerstone of the greatest defense that pro football has ever seen. It's the 10-time Pro Bowler, the two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Four rings on his fingers. Yeah, he wanted that one for his thumb, but Roethlisberger and everybody else helped him out a couple generations later. Now he's the author of Built by Football. It is Mean Joe Green. How are you, sir? I'm great. I do like that intro with uh, could be the best defense that ever was. I like the sound of that. Well, I, you know, listen, I witnessed it, at least the the back half of it. I was, uh, I, I, my age prevented me from watching and viscerally experiencing Super Bowls 9 and 10, but by the end of uh, the 70s, I was there in Three River Stadium in January when you were beating the Oilers in consecutive title games and beyond, and uh, so like I say, a thrill to speak with you, but where do you come down on that? Are the Steelers the greatest defense your eyes have ever seen? Well, I was quite proud of uh, of that team for sure. 
But, you know, um, it's tough for me to kind of to say that we're the best ever because it was just going a, a slice of time in the history of the National Football League. And I tend to, to, to place teams in their time when they're competing. And uh, that's why I say that. Uh, no doubt about it, I'm proud of, uh, of, of what we accomplished as a unit and as a football team. But uh, I do know that I just have to give respect to the people that played also. I hear you, and it, and it makes sense. The The case that I always make for the 70 Steelers is, is that if you rank out the, let's say, 10 best Super Bowl era teams, you would certainly put in there the 70s Cowboys, the 70s Raiders, the 70s Dolphins, and who stood head and shoulders above all those Titanic teams? The seventy Steelers. That's who. That's why they're the best. Who was the nineties? <laughs> who was who was the who was the San Francisco 49ers arch rival for all that time? They didn't have one. It's a same thing. Ali was heightened by Frazier's existence. The Steelers were heightened by the Cowboys' existence and so on. Well, you make a compelling argument and I'm not gonna argue with that. Thank you. Not at all. <laughs> so we're in lockstep then. <laughs> Let's then turn a little bit negative here. Uh, Mr. Green, and uh, and talk about the one thing. I like to play what if a lot. What if one play had gone this way? What's the one game that, if you have one, that sort of knocks around in your head and say, man, I wish we could have that one back? Well, uh, that what if is, is very difficult, you know, because uh, <laughs> we can all do that. Uh, the Cowboys can say a lot of what if about the games that we played them in the Super Bowl. But uh, going along with the what-if scenario, I'd say uh, maybe going back to our our football game against against the Oakland Raiders Mm -hmm. when we were trying to get three in a row when when we didn't have Franco and Rocky in the backfield. And I'd say what if uh, they hadn't gotten hurt in the, the game against Baltimore? Maybe we would have had a chance to to go to three Super Bowls in a row. Well, my father will uh, be pleased to to hear when he's listening to this, which he surely is, to learn that uh, Mean Joe Green and he share the same opinion. My father, like <laughs> like so many Pittsburgh uh, sports fans, go on and on about that '76 team. That was the best of the of the whole lot, and that's saying quite a thing. What do you watching you? I look back at you. I watched on NFL Network, a football life and beyond, and uh, you know, like I say, I mean that's not hyperbole to call you the cornerstone. All Steelers, past and present, do, you know, they, they talk about Mean Joe Green with a different tone in their voice, and they will say he was the key to those Super Bowl years. And I, when I see you with that gray face mask versus the black face mask <laughs> later in your when you I always tell people, if you see Mean Joe Green and he's got the gray face mask on, you will never see a more dominant defensive lineman in, uh, in history. But also when you look back at those highlights – you'll see you periodically throw an elbow at a guy or maybe kick or something like that. What do you make of legends like you and Deacon Jones and Jack Lambert, luminaries for all of time, but now in today's game, if anybody did that, they would be called dirty and they should be run out of the game. Where do you come down on all that stuff? I come down on it. I disagree completely. Uh, I know specifically that when I reacted that way, I was always provoked. 
I agree. I don't even have to know the circumstances. I'm just agreeing with you on this. <laughs> and I would and I would say I was uh, a little younger and uh, and a quite bit more uh, immature. Uh, you know, Chuck gave me a, gave me a couple of talks about that, and eventually I think I started to listen. Why is it you mentioned uh, you mentioned Chuck Knoll, and I think in the in the lineage of all time great head coaches, for some reason you'll hear Landry, and uh, you'll hear. Um, you know, any number of other guys invoked along now with uh, with Belichick. Why do you suppose there's been, you know, there's been some books recently and biographies about uh, about Chuck Knoll. Was it his sort of unique personality that keeps people from sort of ranking him among the all-time great coaches? You know, I would have to go along with that. Um, you know, Chuck respected uh, the game. And he always felt that it was the players that, that played the game and they're the ones that should get all the accolades. And mm. um, I think that's why he never tried to, to, um, to put himself above the team, uh, to talk about himself in, a, in glorying ways, uh, glorified ways, uh, as, his, as a head coach. Um, I say that because um, I remember once – uh, during my career, uh, Chuck was asked about uh, why didn't he do commercials, and he felt that those, uh, because the players' careers were so short, he thought things like that should have been just for the purvey of 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 of, of, the, of the players. And uh, you know, he he had a he had a uh, um, an ad where he did a T-shirt for. Uh, Pittsburgh National Bank, and he was he was kind of embarrassed by that. Hmm. <laughs> well, he was just a he was a quiet man that uh, you know. Actually, when he did speak, you know, people listened. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously a different time, but the architect of at least uh, you make a strong argument the greatest team of all time. I I, I feel he deserves uh, a little bit more. Now, of course, you did a. a, a a famous commercial or two um, yourself there. What about, though, let's talk about the football of it, and how has defensive philosophy changed from when you were playing to 21st century ball? It occurs to me that guys these days are trying to create turnovers much more than they are trying to just shut down. The, the Steelers of the 70s, the Bears of the 80s, they would just, they would, they would just give you no oxygen, and they would uh, you know, not let you get the double digits on the scoreboard. Seems like now that's changed. They're just more trying to turn you over and limit your, your possessions. Is that right? Well, um, the games have changed a little bit. Uh, you know, defensively, I would say back during the 70s, uh, defenses could – could pack it in a little bit because the emphasis was primarily on running the football. Mm. Although there were some, were some uh, prolific quarterbacks and receivers during that time. Um, but when we had three, when we faced three wide receivers, that was a lot. And it was just almost unheard of, of seeing five receivers as a, as a defender. Mm. So, I guess what they're doing now is they're making the defense, making the defense, defense the entire field vertically and uh, horizontally, and I think that that spreads the defense out a little bit and 
makes it a little bit more difficult to get to the ball. So when you get there, you want to you want to take it, and that's always been the defense's uh, goal is to take the football from the offense. But they have made it a little more difficult. It seems to me, and uh, if I haven't made it clear, I was rooting for black and gold since uh, I I uh, my I, I became conscious, but. Uh, I still always do try to be honest about these things. And to me, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but do you recall the 1979 season? The best team in the AFC that year to me seemed to be the San Diego Chargers. And they took it to you guys real good in San Diego in early December. Yes, they did. Yes, do you? I mean, did. did you guys in the locker room in that divisional round, the Oilers went to San Diego. I think that just classic, let's take the game off. Uh, Dan Pastorini's not playing, Earl Campbell's not playing, Ken Burrow's not playing. We got these guys, and they just didn't show up for the game. Did you guys have a sense of relief when, uh, when the Oilers knocked them off in that divisional round the week before you guys took them down in Pittsburgh? I don't know about the rest of the team, but I did. <laughs> uh, I think we were going to play at home regardless of who won the ball game. I don't, I don't know that. I don't recall, but yeah. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but uh, we had a very difficult time of defending uh, uh, Fouts and, and, and Jefferson and that big running back they had, Monsey. Mm-hmm. And they had a very good offensive line, so they, they beat us up pretty good. And uh, when Houston went out there, you know, I, it's amazing that you would talk about this game because that particular game I was watching when we played them. I watched and I thought I had a tail when they were going to throw the football or when they were going to run it. Hmm. And when I figured it out, it was pretty much too late for us to, to, uh, uh, to capitalize on it. So I did. I can't remember how I got it to Houston, but I got it to Houston. And I don't know if that ever played into. <laughs> you what got it to Bum? You sent Bum a message? <laughs> I think, you know, it's so many years by, but I did, I did uh, tell them what I thought and what I saw on tape. Uh, so, you and, know, uh, whether foot- that had an impact, I don't know. Plenty of fun to be had in 21st century football, but there's just there's a real dearth of uh, head coaches wearing 10-gallon hats and cowboy boots on the sidelines. We need to bring someone back like Bum doing that. That was your that was your arch rival. Last couple things for you. I don't want to hold you up uh, too much longer here, but last thing we talk about the Oilers game the week before. We may as well pay it off. Mike Renfro. That wasn't that wasn't a catch, right? Well, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, at the moment, at that time when it happened, and we they were discussing it, and I just said to the officials, give them the touchdown so we can play the game. Give it to them. It's Love not it. going to matter anyway. And that was my feeling on it. I love that attitude. That's what I say to everybody who points that one out and says the Steelers got lucky in that one. It merely would have tied the game, Mean Joe. Same thing as exactly. uh, same thing as Jackie Smith the season before. If he had caught that oh, one, that would have that was my next. That was the that next. That would have tied the game. It. Everybody acts like that would have put the Steelers <laughs> down three touchdowns or something. That would have no, even no. the score up. <laughs> See, we agree. It's amazing. Who was you the most a fan? That's, you are a fan. I am that. Uh, who yes, was you your are. favorite Steeler to play with as a as a personality so many big personalities in that locker room well the, the guy that I always uh lc you know we played uh 13 years together and 
no way that my career could have been been to the heights that it was without LC. It was it was just so wonderful to to line up next to him, and we 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 felt as one, we thought as one, and we were we were in sync. I'll but tell it you, was great playing with all of those guys. Well, I, you know, I, I, I had the uh, the great uh, pleasure to talk to Dwight White uh, within a year before he passed away, and he was uh, just a delightful, uh, delightful man oh, yeah. as well. Great sense of oh, humor yeah. and everything else. Um, yeah, and L.C. Greenwood, to me, with the gold shoes, the high tops and everything else, those stood out. But I go back, I'm, I'm, uh, you say I'm a fan. I go back and I look at those. I watched that uh, divisional round game in Denver that you guys really were in that game for a long while and maybe could have won that one. I watched these uh, these Oilers title games. And one thing that jumps out to people who may not, you know, I look at 75 and I watch 58 and 47, the dominant guys out there. But I'll tell you what jumps out is how great, L.C. Greenwood was, and when you make your list of guys who belong in the Hall of Fame, I think he deserves a gold jacket to go along to match with those uh, those gold shoes, number 68. Absolutely. Um, you know, I had the good fortune of being on the senior committee a couple of years, a couple of times when L.C.'s name came up, and uh, I would doubt that anyone, any Hall of Famer that went into the Hall of Fame had someone to speak on his behalf that had the credentials that I had, meaning that I played with the guy for 13 years, side by side, and if anyone would know him, I think it would be me. And just because we were partners and we were teammates doesn't mean I was going to stand in there and lie for him. And that's that's a little bit of a disappointment for me that I was not believable. Yeah, I, I, you would think uh, that. Uh, yeah, that would that would be enough to sway the room if you get if seventy five stands up and announces this has to be who, who would uh, who would say no to that? I can't imagine. One last thing for you. Let's transition to the twenty first century for the younger people out there. I feel it, <laughs> but again, it pains me to say this, Mean Joe. But well, just as the, the Browns and Steelers are not a rivalry. Why? Because the Steelers always beat the Browns in any game of import. Same goes for the Bengals. Now in the 21st century, like it or not, the Steelers and Patriots aren't rivals because the Patriots always win the game of import. What do you say about that, Mean Joe? Who would ever thought that, huh? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. I don't like it either. Um, it's... Um, you know, uh, I, I I look at the Patriots and I look at uh, that the coach and how they run their operations. It's it seems to me that uh, I'm I'm kind of familiar with with that uh, with their mo, the way they go about doing their business. You see some similarities uh, between that and uh, you know uh, way back when when you were winning the four out of six. Just doing what they do, uh. doing what they do, and. And and when you when you shut down one phase that if you're lucky enough, there's another phase that corresponds to to that phase. It, it's not at, it's not something health or skeletal. It's in line with with their whole system. You know, if you defend one aspect of it, you can't defend the other. And and that's uh, when I'm looking at it. That's that's the way I see it. And and defensively, they they go out and they. They have uh, different players every year, and but they always seem to to come right back and end up playing in the championship games. So um, 
I'm not saying I'm fond of them, but I like them a whole lot. I understand what you mean. Next yeah. year, next January 2018, when before the Steelers and Patriots inevitably play again in the postseason, maybe Mean Joe pays a visit to the locker room for the Steelers and lets those Steelers know <laughs> that they're just the latest in a long chain of football dominance. And Mean Joe and company aren't going to stand for the Patriots' dominance anymore. How say you, Mean Joe Green? You got it. It's an attitude. That's right. Refuse to be denied. You got it. Yeah, Tom Brady doesn't want Mean Joe bearing down on him. All right, listen. Mean (laughs) Joe Green, built by football. Um, you, by the way, mutual pal of ours, John Finkel, uh, helped out with the writing of this. You can buy the book on Amazon. The forewords are written by the great Franco Harris and the great Dan Rooney, who is a great human being on top of uh, one of the great Absolutely. owners in uh, in sports history. I encourage all Steelers fans to go out and get it. Maybe Browns fans, too. You might learn a thing or two about how to do it the right oh, way. No. No, 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 no. We don't want them getting it. I love it. You're not allowed to buy the book, Browns fans. You either, Bengals, right? You got it. You're right. You're banned. You heard that? Mean Joe's banning you from buying his book. I love it. I love it. All right, and so many great stories in there about uh, how Mean Joe impressed his coaches back uh, when he was at North Texas and uh, his old his old pal from middle school, Speedy. So many great yarns all about uh, the life of, uh, of really one of the great luminaries in pro football's history. Mean Joe Green, built by football. Thank you so much for the time, sir. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure speaking with you. A real fan. All right. Take good care, sir. Thank you. Great stuff from uh, from Mean Joe Green. Love that. Like I said uh, at the top of the show, we have a full an hour and 15-minute uh, Dave Damashek football program coming up for you later on Tuesday with Matt Money Smith, Cynthia Freeland, and Handsome Hank. We're getting into the Raiders situation, what the Broncos are going to do at QB, so on and so forth. But in the meantime, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring – your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.